any jail, any foster care, indigenous men and women outnumber all populations that are combined. It's like it's a war on indigenous men, women, kids. They say calls to action, reconciliation is all about, but it's a different world when you go inside the system. Hi, it's Ben Bourne. I'm here with my co-host Heather Peters for this week's episode of Reconcile. We acknowledge that we are doing this work in Treaty 6 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Dene, Soto, and other Indigenous peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. Through this work, we hope to reaffirm our treaty relationships with each other and remind ourselves to live into the treaty value of respect, friendship, and justice. Today we are going to hear from Stacy Swampy. I first heard Stacy speak at a Straight Up event. Straight Up is an organization that supports people who are coming out of gangs, and Stacy had spent much of his life in gangs and in and out of jail, or the system as he calls it. His life story was impactful, and it was obvious that he was at a point in his life where he really wanted to help people. When Ben and I talked with Stacy, he was working with Mike Mission. My commission and my organization, MCC, have a joint project where we teach restorative justice classes at the Saskatoon Correctional Center. After months of waiting for paperwork to go through, Stacy was able to join as one of the facilitators of the course. It was amazing to see Stacy connect with and encourage the guys inside. I wanted to hear about Stacy's perspective of reconciliation, and when we talked together, I loved how he connected reconciliation with problem solving. Ben, what else stood out to you in the interview? I remember walking into the room and meeting Stacy for the first time, and I felt a little intimidated by him. He's a little rough around the edges, but the way his eyes lit up when he was talking about these issues, it was so clear that he was very passionate about reconciliation, about working with the system and helping people. That that was very clear to me, and I think that will come through very strongly in this interview. We should also mention that in the interview, Stacy talks about one of his conditions after coming out of jail was that he was not to associate with people who were affiliated. And this means 
um, people who are connected with certain gangs. And he also talks about dropping colors, which is when people leave gangs. So we invited Stacy to have a conversation with us around five questions. What is your personal understanding of reconciliation? What experiences have led you to this understanding? Why do you feel reconciliation is important? Does forgiveness play a role in reconciliation? And how would you invite people into the reconciliation journey? So let's listen to his reflections. My name is Boskalki Sikmiko Mahingangi Sagona Ampel. And on my drivers, it's Stacy with an E, Swampy. I'm originally from Musquatees, but they, I known it as Hopima, Alberta. They changed the name back to how it, we used to have it, Musquatees, but they shortened it to Musqua. I'm 55 years old. I've been in the system for over 30 years. I come from a family of seven. Um, me and my younger brother are the sole survivors, as we say. Um, both parents were alcoholics. So I come from a community that was plagued with addictions. Um, in the 1970s, my community struck oil. And a lot of us today are unemployed and are social assistance. So that played a big, huge problem in my community. Born and raised there, um, I've been in seven, eight different foster homes due to the fact that my parents were alcoholics. Um, I lost my dad at 13. I used to dance powwow, play hockey and rodeo. And then once he passed away, I felt like there was nothing left for me in this world. That was my downward spiral. I started drinking, I started doing drugs. Um, my poison was alcohol. I didn't really like getting high, but I drank a lot. Um, I started getting in trouble with the law. I started going into young offenders. Um, I eventually graduated into the adult system. For over 30 years of my life, I've been in the system. From the 60s scoop to young offenders to, the, to adult, from the provincial to the federal system. Um, it wasn't until 2004 when I asked the question, am I going to die in a system? Am I going to stay in a system? Am I going to live in a system for the rest of my life? And when I was asked that question, I didn't know how to answer it. It wasn't until I came to Saskatoon to Prairie Regional Psych Center 2004, I took a program called Aggressive Behavior Control. For me, that program has opened my eyes and it gave me an understanding that for me, I had to go back in history to realize who I was and to clean my house up by learning how to cry, learning how to accept things. I had a dirty house because my dad, when I got in trouble, he used to always tell me, men don't cry. If you cry, you'll get it worse. If you cry, you're not coming with me anywhere. So at a young age, he taught me how not to cry. So when I started to clean my house out, the first thing I did was cry like a little baby. But I'm grateful for those elders, Ron Thompson. He was the first elder that started to help me. He kept asking me, 
Give up, Stacy. Quit trying so hard. Become what the creator has meant you to be. And I kind of laughed at first, and he asked me, what's so funny? Well, the only time I prayed was when I was sitting in the back of a cop car. And we all kind of laughed, but I never changed. I wasn't ready. This program that I've taken has really, I guess you could say, woke me up. A lot of people say that was my bottom. A lot of people say that was my spirit's awakening. But to me, I've, I think I woke up. Once I woke up, I started to work on myself, my talking, my thinking, my actions, to who I hung around with. Once I started to learn about who I was, I started to do what the elders have taught me, was to look at my four rooms, start looking at my mental, my physical, my emotional, my spiritual. Once I started to look at that, I started to go back in history and ask the questions to my family. How was Muslim in Gokum? How did they live? How did mom and dad live? So once I started to understand that ripple effect of intergenerational trauma, I started to clean my house out by acknowledging what I experienced and went through. And once I started to do that, I started getting into ceremonies and that's where I started to clean my house out more was in the sweat lots. I started to learn how to cry, I started to learn to ask for help, I started to share my struggles because growing up I couldn't do all this. So I was like a newborn baby learning how to crawl, how to walk again. And once I started to realize, I found what was missing in my life was the teachings from the elders, that gap that there is, the stories need to come back for the rest of the people. So that was my journey, you know, today, now, you know, I'm coming up 16 years of being sober, 16 years of following these teachings. You know, I, on my seventh year of my Sundance and five different elders gave me my own bundle. So now I carry the bundle for the people. My long-term goal, my visions and my dreams are to go back in the system where I grew up and teach what has kept me out and sober for this long. And that's what I'm doing now, is in the Correctional Center teaching these young men that never heard about these teachings, the culture, all what they have missed. So I'm being part of the solution and not the problem. What does reconciliation mean to me? There's a number of parts that I could share, but the main one I want to share is there's problems, issues that go globally. Um, we've been talking about the same issues for how long? Um, most of the people don't understand that. Reconciliation means number of groups and people coming together, not holding a biased opinion, the color or the gender of individuals, but as a whole. The color of your skin shouldn't matter, see? The way reconciliation is, is we have to forgive each other before we can move on and start to heal. If we can't forgive people, then we're still stuck in a part of the problems, not the solution. So reconciliation to me is coming together as all colors, all nations, understanding the issues that has plagued our cities, communities, 
and actually having that conversation, learning about relationship with each other, understanding who we are, and not judging each other, but looking at each other as equal. What experiences have led you to this understanding of reconciliation? Well, mostly from what I've been taught from the seven, eight, nine different elders that I learned from. Some were Blackfoot, some were Ishinaabe, some were Sioux. The majority were Cree, though. But I learned that the elders have always taught us that there's no right way, there's no wrong way when we pray. Whichever way we learned, whichever way it makes us feel good, that's the way we're supposed to. We all pray to the same person. He goes by many different names. God, higher power, great mystery, creator. So whichever way you learn, that's the way you're supposed to. A lot of people are going to judge you for the way you pray, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you look. For me, as long as you're happy at what you're doing, then that's the way you're supposed to be doing it. We're always going to be judged no matter how good we go or how bad we are. We're always going to be judged no matter what we do. For me, being that I lived in a system for over 30 years, I know the injustice that goes on in the system with the courts, not only with the courts, but with the RCMP, the city police, with, with the government, we'll say. From history, I looked at the history of Canadian government. And if you look at the history, the guy on a $5 bill and the guy on a $10 bill, Sir John A. Macdonald is on the $10 bill and Wolford Laurier is on the $5 bill. My history that I learned from was these two people constructed the government as white privilege. So see, if we understand the history, we need to go back and try revive it, change it, or add to it. The reason why I say the jail system today is the new residential school is because every year it increases men, women, newborns, all the way up to the elderly. Any jail, any foster care, Indigenous men and women outnumber all populations that are combined. It's like it's a war on Indigenous men, women, kids. They say calls to action, reconciliation is all about, but it's a different world when you go inside the system. The system hasn't changed since I've been in it. The system as we know it is designed for failure for people of color. This is what my history, I, I found out, and from experience and understanding. This is why I call the jails today the new residential school. Why is reconciliation important? Well, for the indigenous people, we've been living this legacy for since first contact. You know, and we haven't had that chance to close the gap for the stories that is missing within indigenous communities. We look at 
the issues that started since first contact, they continue to haunt us today. Unless we understand the history of the problems, then we're going to have that understanding and the notion how we can make that change. If we don't understand the history, then we're going to continue to be what I call the problem. If we understand the history of what's happening, then we're going to have knowledge and understanding about becoming part of the solution. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things myself and anybody else can go through. Because we're, the way we're taught growing up is the way we understand life. And that ripple effect that comes from the residential school and the 60s school has not been challenged, it has not been looked upon. It's talked about, but it really hasn't helped because a lot of us are so far lost and broken, I call it. Reconciliation means if you can't forgive people that harmed you in their past, then you carry this negative energy with you. And that, the elders tell us, physically, that negative energy is going to keep you sick. So, by forgiving the people that has done you wrong or the people wrong, that means you're forgiving yourself, you're no longer carrying this negative energy. You'll be able to heal, grow, and move on. By combining forgiveness with reconciliation, we're coming to a table of all nations, all colors, all genders, sharing stories, building that relationship to knowing each other as equal, not as less than. Without forgiveness by self or anybody else, we're going to stay stuck in a problem. By forgiving people, then we move on from being stuck in a problem to become part of that solution. Well, we all know what the problems are. We all know the issues. If we're going to tackle the issues, then we're going to have to go back in history. Because a lot of us don't know the true history of why the cause and effect of the way they are today. For me to understand who I was, I was told I needed to go back in history to learn about where my grandfathers came from. So I learned that, what my Muslim did, what my grandmother did. So unless we go back in history and start to figure out where it all started to go wrong and understand the ripple effect of everything, then we're going to have more ammunition, more understanding and wisdom to tackle these issues and become part of that solution. I guess you could say a lot of us that don't know where we come from, a lot of us don't know who our parents are, a lot of us are growing up in the foster system, so a lot of us don't know if we're indigenous or if we're non-indigenous. So a lot of us go on with life, I have done this, I'm I'm kind of light-complected, so I didn't fit in on the white side, I mean on the indigenous side. And then I was too dark to fit in on the non-indigenous, so I was stuck in the middle. So I didn't know where I belonged. 
So I have run into a number of men and women that were in the same boat as me. But until I started to understand and go back in history, I needed to write about who I was and the trauma that I suffered that I went through and that I couldn't feel or cry by writing my autobiography I had a chance to go through these emotions feel them accept them and let them go whereas before we were told men don't cry you get you cry you'll get it worse if you cry you're not coming to me anywhere so a lot of us come from that same era a lot of us are taught Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. So a lot of us don't know how to talk. What's going to help is if we understand our history. By understanding our history, that means we got to write about our childhood, our hurts and pains that we went through. And that's what the elders tell us is if we need we have to go back in history to figure out why our house is so dirty. Our body is our house. We have four rooms in it. We have our emotional, our mental, our physical and our spiritual. And that question comes back is which rooms do you sit in more? Than, which room do you clean more? When you can figure that out, then you can start to sit and clean the other two rooms or the three other rooms the same as you do with that one room you're always in. Then you become balanced. Then you start to understand what you can do to become part of the solution because you become no longer the problem what gives me hope is the time i was in the system the injustice the missing of my family my kids my community the hurt and the pain that i endured while i was in there i didn't i didn't want other people to feel and go through what i went through So the reason why I I'm back in the system is so that these young men and women will hear what I'm talking about and that I hope they will change their lives because once they get in a system it's hard to stay out of the system because no matter what you do if I jaywalked and I was on conditional release I'd go automatically back to the system So instead of them given the system given the indigenous people of color a release plan my job is to make them do their own release plan something that's going to work for them because the things that we were given to get out with it's like one of the rules that I had was I can't be around people that are affiliated and half my family were affiliated So what was I supposed to do not go back to my family because they were affiliated? So most times I'd get picked up on a bridge because my family's are gang members. The system is designed for failure. That's why I made it my dream and my vision to get back to university, get my degree and to go back in a system to help. Cuz I know these teachings are a must. and the the last 16 men that were in my two classes never heard about these culture teachings ever and four of them have dropped their colors so you know i never it's not me that made them do it i may have shared 
something that planted the seed for them to make that choice, but it's all them that made that choice. You know, I'm proud that they did that because whatever I'm doing, I know it's working. So since we interviewed Stacy, he got his dream job and now works at the Saskatoon Correctional Center full time as a cultural support person for the guys inside. I think it's really interesting that Stacy talks about reconciliation on a big scale with nations of people learning from each other and solving problems together. But then he suggests that the work needs to be done on an individual level to know our own history, to know our own story, to clean our own house and to seek balance. And this is really important, that most of the work of reconciliation really is internal work that we need to do for ourselves. It can seem counterintuitive, but I have observed that when people are at peace within themselves, the step to make peace and reconcile with others comes more naturally. Ben, what stood out to you? Well, I think I really connected with uh, Stacy's um, articulation around needing to know yourself and know your story, right? And that's that's very important to me as an Indigenous person getting to know my own story and, and journey and reconciliation. I think that has come up in the last five years that I've kind of been on this reconciliation journey. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm getting to know myself, getting to know my story. But I also really loved, I mean, I'm all about like emotional intelligence. It's like something that I'm really, really um, curious and passionate about. But I think he also talked a little about that too needing to be self-aware of like your own emotional state and like being vulnerable and, and open I think that that came through very important how important that is to knowing your story and knowing reconciliation right I personally loved that analogy around cleaning out your house and um, and knowing the four different rooms I thought that was very very cool something that you know I will certainly consider when I'm doing my own like emotional work right I think that's that's really really kind of neat need articulation or point that he had yeah it totally comes from the medicine wheel right which yeah. that we can um, apply to all parts of our life yeah and and the importance of keeping all those in tune right mm-hmm. and aligned i think and, and it helps us be better whole people especially when it comes to which we need to be when we need to relate to others right mm-hmm. yeah well i want to thank matthew hildebrand for editing this episode ben Bourne for hosting with me stacy swampy for having a conversation with us and Mennonite Church, Saskatchewan, for providing funding for this project. Subscribe to our podcast to hear more conversations on reconciliation. This has been Reconcile Everyday Conversations, a podcast from Mennonite Central Committee, Saskatchewan. Thank you for listening.